Now, you'll remember the story that I touched on in the, in the first hour with regards to a, a journalist from the Sowetan who reported how a Pretoria building houses both a mortuary and a food storage facility for a local pick-and-pay store. Right, uh, The pick-and-pay has obviously uh, come out to say that uh, this is not their facility and so forth, and I'm sure that story will follow through and find out exactly what the facts are as far as that is concerned. But the concern around food safety in this country has become top of mind. You'll know that uh, more than 180 people have died as a result of the listeriosis um, bacteria. Uh, and more and more news coming out of countries such as Harare about uh, things such as cholera. So food is becoming a major, major story in the minds of South Africans, and, and, and as it should be. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Christine Buerta, who's a legal officer for the Center for Constitutional Rights. And uh, we're going to be talking about, I suppose legislation that has to do with the protection of your food in South Africa and how strong is it in fortifying that kind of protection, your your protection with regards to food. Christine Buerta joins me now from Cape Town on the line. Christine, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. So we have the laws, yeah, so, you know, like we do for so many things in South Africa. I believe that uh, our um, constitution or section 27 of our constitution speaks very, very strongly about what laws should emanate from the desire to have uh, mm-hmm. legislation that protects us from any poisoning or whatever the case may be. Uh, is it strong enough, though, uh, Christine? Okay, so our starting point is so food safety is a key element of public health care. And as you said, in terms of Section 27, the government is obliged to ensure everyone has access to health care. Now, obviously, this right has certain conditions. Now, we look at reasonable measures within available resources, and government has to make it progressively um, available to everyone. So our question, if we look at the current outbreak of listeriosis, we need to ask, has government done, has government taken the reasonable legislative measures to ensure these hazards, to prevent these hazards? And in order for us to compare, we specifically looked at international standards. And it's a clear, it's, it's clear we do not in terms of um, international standards. For instance, one great um, uh, gap in regulations is the fact that we currently, it is not compulsory, for instance, to test for microbiological um, limits for this listeria monocytogens. Sorry, it was quite technical. Yeah. The bacteria limit in food stuff, whereas we provide, for instance, for E. coli, but not for listeria monocytogens. And this is not on par with international standards, for instance, in terms of the World Health Organization and the European Commission, for instance, has specific regulations. So the point just being is we, we can't expect government to do impossible, but we do need government to take reasonable measures. And one of the biggest reasons, obviously, your biggest reasonable measure should be a legislative framework to ensure these hazards can be controlled and measured should be to, um, to ensure regulations are constantly um, are continuously reviewed and updated. So this is a definitely um, very concerning. Yeah. Somebody who's listening to our conversation now, Christine, is probably rolling their eyes and say, yeah, there they go again, the members of the chattering classes talking and uh, <laughs> pontificating. The, fa- the fact is, 
government is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's very easy to uh, say why. We've just had 183 people die because of listeriosis. And mm-hmm. some people are saying that that is because government has not done its work in inspecting those uh, manufacturing plants that are perhaps owned by uh, Tiger Brands. But government hasn't done that particular um, mm. legislative and governmental duty in protecting its citizens from those kinds of diseases. Yes, again, it speaks to a reasonableness of it. And one concern is um, we didn't specifically um, um, investigate the specific matter, but in general, food management system is controlled by different departments as well, which makes it very difficult. So you've got Department of Health and, um, as a specific um, aspect, and you've got agriculture as well, and you've got trade and industry. So this makes it a bit difficult. For instance, environmental health inspectors, you've got a local government also involved. So it isn't as clear cut but we say with what, what it definitely and overall it needs to be an urgent 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 review of food management safety in um, in our country and we can by uh, a glaring um, failure is regulations which can even so 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 ultimately what needs to be done christine i mean i get the fact that we need to perhaps constantly be tweaking our legislation we need to be looking at uh, all of the things that flow from the law uh, but it appears to me that we have the constitution, we have the laws, we supposedly supposed to have the structures that are supposed to make those laws live. What do we mm. do now? So what we need to do now is the department needs to urgently attend to these regulations. So there are regulations specifically, like I said, regarding microbiological standards. We need to update it. I mean, there are means and expertise to do so. And this would be step one. And step two would be to get your um, environmental health inspectors to get adequate numbers to ensure it. That would be step number two. And these aren't impossible scenarios. I mean, we have... We allocate funds for these. These are all within reasonable measures and what we can expect and should be expecting our government to do. So we hopefully will be urgently be attending to this. What about punitive measures, Christine? Uh, um, punitive measures against companies that may be found to be um, complicit and maybe liable in something like this listeriosis outbreak. Let's say, uh-huh. proverbially speaking, a certain company with a tiger in front of its logo. Uh, <laughs> what should happen to them? Um, well, okay, I, I have to call it for my answer here. So what, what you do need to understand as well, so you've got different forms of liability under different laws as well. So obviously in terms of, um, I think there's a potential class action having been launched in terms of a Consumer Protection Act, the argument being that a distributor and producer has to ensure his product is safe and they needed to take reasonable measures to ensure and um, it is safe. And one will ask, you know, considering when there were reports of it, um, what did they ta- what did they specifically do in response to it? So, but this is going to be a very interesting time. I think the class action was launched last week. So just quickly from a technical side, how it would work is they need to first um, certify the specific groups. I think they've got four specific um, groups of claimants which need to be certified and they need to prove a class action in this instance would be an appropriate measure and then um, they'll be getting leave to, to continue to um, yeah, to launch a class action, which and I think they're looking at two stages of liability. But this will be in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, Act and would be a very interesting matter to, to monitor as well. 
obviously it would be in the different laws um, under your food stuff and cosmetics and um, specific law. For instance, you would look at the different liabilities as well. But this class action is under a Cons- Consumer Protection Act. Christine Water, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. All right. Christine is legal officer at the Center for Constitutional Rights.